Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello and good evening. Happy Friday night to our friends on the East Coast. I hope you're weathering the storm well. If the snow has started falling in your area, in the Hudson Valley where I am, no snow yet, but we are on alert we are on alert. I want to welcome everyone to the show tonight. My name is Jennifer Belber, and tonight we are going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about the great things. We're going to talk about the fact that it's a new year, ladies and gentlemen. It's 2016, and we all know, new year, new you, new resolutions. Or should they be? I want to talk tonight about the fact that you're enough the way you are. Who you are is enough. You don't need to change. Change is something you should want to do. Change is something that should happen organically because you've decided it's uh, time to bring something new in your life. It's time to repair something you don't feel is working. Maybe this is the year you lose the weight. Maybe it's the year you don't. Maybe it's the year you find love. Maybe it's the year you don't. There's a few things, a few underlying threads I want to talk about tonight, and I'm going to invite you all to call in and join me in this conversation. So we are live, and my phone number is 646-716-9397. Again, the number to call in, 646-716-9397. So let's talk about all the years you may have made resolutions. Let's talk about all the years those resolutions came to pass. Let's talk about all the years you bagged it, gave up on your resolutions, I don't know, by Valentine's Day. Here's the thing, and this is what I want to talk about tonight more than anything else. Which year, in all the years you've been making resolutions, and for me, that's about 32 years I've been making resolutions, What happened the year you made the resolution that you were enough, just who you were? You were enough, and who you were is wonderful, and who you are is amazing. And you know what? What happened the year you decided your resolution would be to love yourself? You decided you would love everything about yourself from the hair on your head to the toes on your toes, (laughs) the toes on your feet, excuse me. So from tip to toe. Tip to toe, you love you. And that, my friends, is when amazing things happen. So, as I said, we're live. I invite everyone and anyone who would like to call in to please do so. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to make this a conversation. And so come on and join me. Now, in the meantime, I am going to talk to you about the year I didn't make a resolution. One year, and this was in wasn't even the new year, actually. It was November of 2009. I was grossly, morbidly obese. I was very sad. I was very depressed. 
and I was getting nowhere at work because I was rocking it in terms of my product line. I was a marketing manager at the time, and I was absolutely rocking it. I had just been given a failing, struggling product line, and we were making boatloads of money. I was able to turn that product around in a short time, and things were going great, except I was too embarrassed about my physical self to stand up and to take credit. And so I was very content to work behind the scenes, and I thought to myself, well, if I work behind the scenes and I do what needs doing, the people who matter will notice, and everything will be okay. Except it wasn't okay, because what really happened was my direct manager began to take credit for me. She began to say things like, well, Jennifer and I are working on... I managed this product with Jennifer, and none of that was true. The ideas were mine. The work was mine. The late hours were mine. The credit wasn't mine. And it was a big enough financial jump that people were starting to talk, and people were starting to pay attention, and I wasn't getting any credit. So that made me feel terrible, made me so sad. The worst part of it was it really could have been a career-changing thing for the positive. So I took a few days off work, and I called. It wasn't planned. Called in sick one day, and I called in sick another day, and I called in sick a third day, and I was sick. I was sick, and I was tired, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. What happened next was nothing short of revolutionary. And it was, in and of itself, a resolution. Now, one thing you need to know is at this point in time, I was the queen of self-help books, okay? If it was written, I read it. Didn't matter who, didn't matter what. If it was written, I read it. That's the important part. I read every self-help book that came around. And it was great. It was great. I was learning a lot. I was sharing a lot. I was sharing what I was learning with another group of girlfriends. We had an informal book club every Friday night. And it was awesome. Except I wasn't following anything. I wasn't following any of what I was reading. I was simply going through the motions, reading the book. You would sort of chase that high, you know, that whole great, oh, this is wonderful, this is fantastic, yeah, yeah, this is speaking to me. But I wasn't following the advice. I was chasing the high, the thrill of finding something new and thinking that was the solution. And do you know why? Because for as long as that was the solution, the problem wasn't me. And I'm going to take a break here just to... Just to mention to folks again, if you're just joining us, my name is Jennifer Belber. We're talking about New Year's, still you. What's going to happen when you love yourself this year? What's going to happen when you're enough this year? I'm a certified professional life coach. I was trained through IPEC, the international <laughs> the international school IPEC. It's a wonderful school. Um, this is my passion. I transitioned to being a life coach a couple of years ago, and I love it. What I do is help people who are overwhelmed from each and every walk of life, get on track. I help you figure out who you want to be when you grow up. If you're a mom or you're a dad, I help you ditch that parenting guilt. 
I help you ditch guilt because you're overweight. I help you ditch guilt because you run your half marathon too slow. I help you ditch the guilt that comes along with standing up and saying, I'm really tired. I'm going to bed early tonight. I'm going to take care of me. Because when we make ourselves a priority like that, ladies and gentlemen, really amazing things start to happen. And along with making ourselves a priority is, in fact, putting ourselves first. We have to be one of the top five people, places, and things on our to-do list every day. And I heard something amazing today I am going to circle back to, which is that we shouldn't have to-do lists. We should have to-be lists. We should have to-be lists. Be who you want to be. Don't do be. Be, 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 be. B B B B B B B B B. Okay, so just be. That's what I'd love for you to take away tonight. It's time to be, not do. Be. So anyway, back to my story, which I'm excited to share with you. Um, I'd taken a couple days off, and I decided I just sick and tired, so I took sick days. And I holed up in my apartment, and I just was so sad and so depressed. I wasn't going to leave the house. And I'm an avid reader, like I said, but none of the self-help books were working. And I mean, I read every one. Wayne Dyer. I read the Zero Limits book by Joe Vitale, Ono, the wonderful Hawaiian system of healing and clearing. I had Louise Hay. I, you name it, I had it. I had many books on Native American healing by Alberto Villaldo. Um, near, far, in between, I read your book if you wrote it. Kay Hendricks was and is still a favorite. I read his books, too. I even read books that, you know, really catered to the left of the woo scale. Books about tarot reading and psychic work and psychic perfection. Nothing was doing it for me. So, in a very bored moment, I reached over in the bookshelf and I picked up Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I read it. I then proceeded to read Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, followed by The Prisoner of Azkaban, The Goblet of Fire, The Order of the Phoenix, and so on and so forth. I reread the Harry Potter series. An amazing thing happened when I got to the fifth book. There's a wonderful passage in the fifth book, and that's Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix an amazing passage where Ginny and Harry are looking and Harry's giving up and Ginny says to him, do you trust me? And he's like, yeah. She says, well, let's go. Harry doesn't really get it. And she says to him, look, here's the deal. And of course I'm paraphrasing and I hope that J.K. Rowling will, will indulge me on that. She says, here's the thing, Harry. When you live with Fred and... It's growing up with Fred and George, you start to realize anything is possible, got enough nerve. Now, just think about that for a minute and and sort of let it settle in, if you will. Anything is possible if you've got enough nerve. And so that hit home in a way no self-help book has ever hit home. That just stopped me dead in my tracks and I started to think anything is possible if you've got enough nerve. Well, what does nerve look like? 
what exactly does that look like to have enough nerve? And I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it some more. And I realized I was unhappy and I was unhealthy. And I'd better do something about it before it completely, absolutely and positively destroyed my life. I knew I wanted to leave my marriage, but I didn't know how. I knew I wanted to lose weight, but I'd started diets before, and they weren't necessarily the most successful. I would default back to an old way of eating, and I needed something that was a lasting change. I needed to get myself in gear and start exercising and exercising seriously. So this was back in 2009, and I remember I got up, and I pulled out the laptop, and I began to research. A friend of mine had had lap band surgery about two years before. She looked terrific. It was a minimally invasive surgery. She was in and out of the hospital on the same day. And I started to think, okay, maybe there's something there. Maybe this is the way to go. Maybe this is what holds me accountable. So I live in New York, right, the time I was living in New Jersey. And the great thing about living in such a metropolitan area is that you have your pick of doctor and hospital at any given point. So I went ahead and I looked at bariatric surgery and as luck would have it, or maybe some people would say it was Providence, there was that very night, that very night, an information session that was mandatory for prospective patients to attend. So I called the office. Sure enough, they had room left in the in the seminar. I was able to book it. And for the first time in about three days, I got up and showered. And I left the house, and I went to that information session, and it did nothing short of saving my life. I learned about the surgery. I learned about the procedure. And what I realized was it was a great tool to lose weight. But when everyone there who was saying, who had been through this procedure, it's an even better tool to keep the weight off. If you have to work to lose the weight, you have to watch what you eat, you have to exercise, but it's instrumental in helping you to maintain your weight loss. So end of the session, we talk about the next steps. The next steps are approval from your particular health insurance company. You need to check the parameters with them. And once you know that, you're instructed to call the office the next day and book your appointment. I called my insurance company sitting in the parking lot on my cell phone. I joke you not. I sat in the parking lot of the Valley Hospital Annex in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and dialed and found out that my health insurance company, there were very few restrictions. All I needed to do was see a therapist a couple times to assess my mental state, meet with a nutritionist, and I was good to go. They weren't going to make me diet for six months or keep a journal or do anything so arduous. So that very next morning, took another day off work that very next morning when the office opened. I probably called at 9.01 a.m. I called, and again, was it luck? Was it Providence? Who knows? But it's what happened. I was able to get into the office that afternoon. This was in November 2009. I had lap band surgery in February of 2010. Short, sweet, simple, to the point. There was a lot of work involved on my part. I'm not going to soft sell that. There was a lot of work. I had to diet. I had to exercise. I have to watch what I eat from here on out. Things will always be. It's not as quick a way to lose weight as traditional gastric bypass surgery had been, 
And that's okay. Exercise and effort on my part were required, and I did that. And that's one thing I want to say for people who are considering bariatric surgery, people who have had surgery, especially a lap band surgery, and maybe didn't realize how much work and effort would go through it or through it. So if you know someone, if you know someone who's gone through this, please don't think they've taken the easy way out because they haven't. They just got a little help. Little help, a lot of help, they got some help. Help is good. We should all seek out help. So I embarked on a journey of eating right, exercising. I became a regular at the gym. I had enough nerve to go up to a trainer in the gym and talk to him about training me. Um, the rest is history. I went up to a trainer in, in our gym at the time who looked like nothing short of an Abercrombie model. Be a um, movie star. I mean, this man, terrific body. And you know what? That's how you pick a trainer, right? Don't trust a trainer who's not in good shape. But he was also amazingly kind, amazingly supportive. I was kind of bracing for him to say, no, I don't work with people in, in your state. You've got 125, 130 pounds to lose easily. It's not what I do. I, I work with elite athletes because I was watching him train people who looked like they were elite athletes, professional dancers and things like that. And um, he said to me, I love to work with people who are going to transform, but you've got to work with me. And he was very clear in his expectation that I would work and I would work hard. And he was going to work me harder, as he put it, than I'd ever been worked before. And you know what he did. And I loved every minute of it. And to this very day, we are terrific, terrific, terrific friends. So if you are in the New Jersey area, in the Hoboken area, look up Michael Hurley. He's a phenomenal trainer, and you couldn't do better if you tried. And that's my story. Within a year and a half, give or take a month or two, I was down 120 pounds. I felt better. I was standing up for myself at work. I was putting myself in the spotlight. I was dressing better. I was eating more healthfully. And my divorce was final. It was just a moment in time when all my nerve was there. It was there when I needed it to be. And one of the things I tell people is I didn't get it from a book. I did in some ways if if we want to count the Harry Potter series, if we want to give Joe Willing her props here. But I didn't get it from a self-help book technically because, as I said to my girlfriends, my informal reading group, we got together in the new year. It was January of 2010. And, you know, we were getting together and chatting over what we were going to read and what should we read next. And I said to them, I'm not reading anything. They were shocked because, like I said, I was the person that had my finger on the pulse. I knew what was going, what was being published, what the newest book was. I often read the book and came and debriefed the group. It was great. It was who I was. But I remember sitting at my girlfriend's kitchen table, and you know my other girlfriends were around me, and I said, I'm not, I'm not reading any more books. They looked at me kind of quizzically, and I said, no, I'm okay. 
who I am is okay. I've got knowledge that will last me for days, weeks, months, years I've gleaned from these books, and nothing has changed. So I'm just going to be who I am and see what happens. And some really amazing, amazing, amazing things happen. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. When you get to that place where you realize you recognize you're enough, you've got everything you need to do it within you. Because at the end of the day, you've got to get on the treadmill and walk. You've got to lift the weights. Pack your lunch. Pack your breakfast. Pack your food for the day so you know what you've got to eat. It's planned out. And you can just roll through your plan, click off your check boxes, drink your water, and go about your business. When it comes to the goal of weight loss, maintainable weight loss, planning is key, ladies and gentlemen. I could not have done it without a solid, solid, solid plan. Again, my name is Jennifer Belver. I'm a certified professional life coach. I'm talking tonight about how this year is going to look when you recognize that you're enough and you just sit back and love yourself. My call in line is 646-716-9397. Again, 646-716-97. And I want to mention that our show tonight is sponsored by Audible.com. If you haven't heard about Audible, I really encourage you to check it out. It's a fabulous system where you can download a book to an iPad, an iPod, whatever device you want to listen on, and listen at your leisure. It's amazing, amazing technology we have these days. It makes the world's greatest library affordable and at your fingertips. So let's talk about loving yourself. Let's talk about what that looks like. It's about making yourself a priority. It's about making peace with your gremlins. One thing that I think people don't give enough credit to, um, and certainly we talk about gremlins, and gremlins are getting their, I'm going to call it their day in the sun, right? Because what happens is we're starting to recognize that the voices in our head are there. So let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, just one minute. Let's go ahead and talk about the voices in your head. Now, the voices in your head, let's be specific, Many of them, if you're like me, have a way of sabotaging your efforts when you want to embrace fitness, you want to embrace a healthier lifestyle. When you're trying to start a business, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, those gremlins pop up. They're there. They're encouraging you not to quit your day job because you won't make any money. They're encouraging you that everything you've ever wanted is in your pantry and the bomb for your heartache lies within a pint of haagen that voice is your gremlin voice. Now, you're probably wondering, who's my gremlin? Your gremlin is the gnarly, wounded, scarred, scabbed part of yourself. And that part steps in at critical, crucial moments to protect you. Yeah, that, that is truer than true. Your gremlin is part of your psyche, and it evolved from your most painful moments with one single purpose to protect you, to keep you safe, and to prevent you from suffering. That's it. So we're talking about a part of you that is sworn, bound, and determined to be your knight in shining armor whenever you need it, okay? So one of the things I do is I'm a health and wellness coach. 
I'm a coach who helps people improve the quality of their lives, their businesses, their marriages. I help people be better parents. I help people embrace everything they've ever wanted. I'm going to tell you, it's been my utter privilege to help many, 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 many people make peace with that gremlin voice, especially the gremlin I call your inner fat kid gremlin. As a solid truth, here it is. Are you ready? Because this is a truth nugget coming at you. Anyone who spent any amount of time overweight as a kid, a teenager, a young adult, that gremlin, that voice was born from that fat kid. It's a single-minded, determined drive that gremlin has to keep you safe. Factually, this phenomenon of making peace with and loving your gremlin is the only sure way I've ever found to maintain a healthy weight and my life balance. This is what I do. I made peace with my gremlin, and let me tell you, if I can do it, you could do it too. It's not only the focal point of my practice, it's my life calling. It really, genuinely, truly is. So, do you want to know how to make peace with your fat kid gremlin? Here we go. First, I really want you to understand something. And this is the gremlin that says, you're fat, let's keep you fat, fat is safe. It's the gremlin that you're not a good mom. Leo's mom, Toby's mom, Sally's mom, Jamie's mom, they're better moms than you are. It's the gremlin that says, you're not promotable. You're too old for that job. Whatever that gremlin's saying, you can't beat it into submission. You cannot, cannot. That works at best for short-term spurts. So a few months, maybe even a year. I'll give you a year if you're really in the thick of the groove. You're really dieting. You're really pushing. You're going all out. You're being with your kids. You're giving them the quality time. You're being the best spouse ever. You've got a year max. Because one day, and it'll happen, you're going to have a legitimate crisis. And bam, that gremlin's going to lay on you and urge to eat so strong it'll be impossible to ignore or overcome. And you'll start to rationalize a small cheat won't hurt anything. Small cheat won't hurt or sabotage your efforts. And the next thing you know, you've opened the door to a scary, possibly huge backslide. Now, I just want to stop here for a minute and say the slide back to old, potentially destructive eating habits is understandable, especially in a time of crisis. A lifetime is a long time to tow the straight and narrow of a rigid plan. It's a long time to ignore your spouse's little piccadillies that drive you crazy. It's a long time to listen to your toddler scream and whine and carry on because you cut the crust off his or her sandwich in the wrong manner. All right? It's just a long time. And so I want you to forgive yourself those setbacks. She can move on to health. You can move on to a healthy, clean, conscious future. How are you going to do that? You're going to change your perspective. And this is where I, as a coach, am honored to help people. I help them change their perspective. True Gremlin is a truly, truly, truly powerful force. And it's born of your desire to escape pain and suffering. That force is either your biggest saboteur or your greatest, greatest ally. And the role we let that voice fill up is entirely up to us. See, we get to decide which role our gremlin is going to fill, 
And we need to take the steps to nurture that role once we figure out what we want our gremlin to do. Now, how do you create such an alliance? It's easy. You love it. You love it. That's right. It's that simple. You love that gremlin. You love your inner fat kid gremlin. You love the I'm not good enough mommy gremlin. You love the I'm not sexy enough wife gremlin. You shower that gremlin with love, 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 love. And when you're done showering it with love, you pour on a heaping helping of kindness and you accept that gremlin as a vital, vital part of yourself. See, I do workshops around this, and if you want more information, come visit my website. It's jenniferbelber.com, J-E-N-N-I-S-E-R-B-E-L-L-B-E-R.com, okay? And what we do is we help our clients, we empower the client to not only name their gremlin, but we help you work to thank your gremlin. Your gremlin has worked really hard and really dedicated. I mean, how? I had a gremlin working for me for 35 years. I never acknowledged him. I never bought him a watch. I never gave him extra vacation time for doing such a great job. No. So that was it. I had to love, 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 love that part of me. I apologized. I apologized for the years and years and years of misunderstanding. I apologize for not recognizing all the hard work that Gremlin was doing. Then my Gremlin and I, we had the first of many, many, many talks, and we decided what job my little Gremlin should do moving forward. And to this very day, my Gremlin does that job. It's that simple. Your Gremlin wants to help you. Your gremlin wants to be there. Your gremlin wants to help you, wants to be a vital force in your life. So let it. Let it and love it and love it. And that's all there is to it. Love your gremlin. Let your gremlin know how much you appreciate him. Thank him. Lavish him or her with tremendous, unfathomable, vital attention and that's how you move forward because you're freeing yourself from the bondage quite frankly of having that gremlin in your life in a destructive way so like I said I'm very fortunate to lead workshops where I help walk people through um, a series of exercises that accomplishes this and one of the best things about coaching and hiring a coach And being a coach, I should say, is that we're all wounded. And every coach knows that because every coach, him or herself, is wounded as well. We've all been in your shoes. We've walked your walk in some way, shape, or form. And we're here to help you. When I was going through my coach training, one of my instructors put it the best way I've ever heard it. He was talking about coaching someone through the process of grief after losing their loved one. And he was talking about someone in his own family and encouraging that person um, who, you know, was lost a long-term spouse. They, the couple had been married for, I believe, in excess of 40 years easily. And, you know, as as it goes, if we're, if we're lucky enough to be married for 45 or 50 years, time, time's a thief and time creeps up and the next thing you know, 
you're dealing with some grief. So the way it was described to him or the way he described it to his family member was it takes the average person five or six or seven years to get through grieving, the process of grieving their loved one. You hire a coach. You hire a coach. You can grieve completely and fully. You can make the most out of that experience. You can get all the learning you need to get out of it. You can get the joy out of it. You can acknowledge your sorrow. Coaches make things in our life complete by listening, by bearing witness. Sometimes we give you a swift kick in your pants, but by and large, that's what we do for you. We help you complete the tasks that you have set out to do. It's always about what the client wants. Client, you know, that's you. You're in the driver's seat. We're here to help. We're here to serve. And I know even in my own um even in my own experience of starting a coaching business, I've benefited tremendously from from having coaches and from having role models to look up to and look around. And, you know, it's, uh, it's the time where you, you take stock. It's the time of being with yourself. So there you go. The other thing I want to mention is that none of this has to be all or nothing we coaches don't expect you to lose all the weight in one day one hour one minute one month no we're about the small things getting done better not the big things you plan that you know go to the wayside and get all sideways or something to that effect I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that quote goes so when you're in full planning mode and you're playing full out um, you know, the big announcements are fun. They're grand. They're exciting. And when they get derailed, acknowledge the derailment and move on because all of those small steps you're taking, they're worthwhile. They're noble. They're divine. And they're going to help you get from where you are to where you want to be every single time. Every single time. That's all there is to it. And I just want to say to every mom out there, every dad out there, every caregiver out there, I think we always focus on parents as caregivers. And to an extent, that's appropriate because our children are young and they need us and they need us for guidance and and for their very survival those first few years. And then they need us for guidance and to be a sounding board and to be there and, and to support them. But it's also for the people taking care of sick relatives. It's for the people helping their friends cope with scary cancer diagnosis. It's for the people helping their friends grieve. It's for the people running the prayer list. Okay? I know it seems impossible to take care of yourself, right? It's hard. It's hard to get a sitter for your toddler. It's hard to get a sitter. Maybe one of your siblings to come over if you've got a parent who's ailing and needs your help. So it's hard. And it's tough. And it hurts your heart when you're listening to your child cry. And you know what? It's a million times harder to be out of commission because you let the small things slide because you weren't your own priority. And now those little things are big something. I know this firsthand, friends. 
don't let the little somethings become big somethings because it's it's excruciating. It's excruciating to be in the doctor's office waiting on the biopsy result. It's excruciating to be in the emergency room alone in the middle of the night because you don't want to wake someone up to come sit with your toddler so your spouse can be with you, right? That's when the bottom drops out and, you know, the tailspin of trying to get everything covered makes it Category 5 hurricane look good. I mean, you're going to wish you paid the sitter. You're going to wish you asked your sister to come over. You're going to wish for a lot of things. And that's my hope for everybody listening tonight is that you understand it's all worthwhile. It's all worthwhile. My phone in number tonight is 646-716-9397. So I hope that anyone listening out there We've got about uh, ooh, 10 minutes left to our show. Time flies when you're having fun, right? So we've got about 10 minutes left, and I hope that you'll call in. I hope that you'll call in and share your ways and means with us tonight, okay? So we're going to move. We're going to move right along as long as nobody has anything else they want to jump in with. And if you do, please dial in. So I want to talk about an amazing trend that I think is really worthwhile as we all as we all head toward the new year. I want to talk about declaring a word for the year, okay? Maybe your word is love. Maybe your word is flow. Maybe it's light. I've seen a lot of people with the words flow and light this year. Um, so as an alternative to making your New Year's resolution, um, I suggest getting yourself a word, just one single word that sums your intentions up for that clean slate and start of the year, okay? And for all the talk about there's a clean, fresh book you start on January 1st, please remember no great novel was written overnight. No great novel was written in a month, okay? It took weeks and months of writing. It takes weeks and months of revising, and then you have editors. So put your editorial team in place. Get your friends to serve and be your sounding board. Get the people who support you and love you and have your back. Share what you're doing with them so you're accountable to someone. That's a vital, vital, vital piece of the puzzle. So I set out not long ago to find my own word. I wanted a word for 2016. And let me tell you, I embraced the search for this word like a woman possessed and no word fit. And the weeks wore on and it was the middle of December and everybody was declaring their word. It was going to be the year of light for one of my friends. Another friend declared it the year of love. She's healing her heart after the devastation. There was a third friend who declared it the year of joy. There was the year of perseverance. Everybody, I just couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. I was combing my social media feeds to see the who, the how, the what, the why, where everybody was getting their word from. And you know what? I didn't find one. I was really searching for a word that summed up my goals, my aspirations. And so to do that, I had to get clear on my goals and aspirations. Um, and some were easy, you know, I want to prioritize my marriage. I want to prioritize having fun within my marriage. 
I want to regain a higher level of fitness and, you know, get my last 30 or 40 pounds of baby weight off. Like many women, we are go at it with gusto when the baby's first born and then the long days and longer nights, they get to you. And you keep a few pounds on. So that that's there for me like many other moms, um, you know. But then there are other goals. Like I want to stop comparing myself, right? I want to stop comparing myself to other moms. I want to start comp- stop comparing myself to other wives, other coaches, you know, because here's the thing. They're compelling goals, and it's really compelling to compare yourself with someone. <coughs> Excuse me. It's actually very compelling to compare yourself to your perception of someone. Because let me tell you, not many people put the bare naked truth out on Facebook. They put the sanitized, curated, for your consumption versions out. Okay? Um so that's what I needed. I needed a word that wasn't going to shrink under the sheer volume of my B list. So uh, I don't really know. Did I find my word? Did my word find me? And I don't think it matters because my word turned out to be the first word that I thought of and ignored and rationalized away from many, many, many hours and many, many, many days. My word for 2016 is me. M E me. And I want to just say that's me with a very deliberately capitalized letter M. It's the me of my higher self, my enlightened self. So what does that mean? It means I'm embarking on a year of radical self-love, self-care. And I'm going to show up as the best version of me in every which way I can. And that's what I invite you to do. Not necessarily make your word me, but Make it a year of radical self-love. Make it a year of radical self-care. Get yourself the help you deserve. Get yourself your joy. Get yourself your time. Quality time is so important, yet so undervalued. Make you a priority, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? You have your spouse and you love your spouse, so connect with them deliberately. Share your joy, your passion. Share your compassion. Share with them the way you share with your best friend. Sometimes in our most intimate relationships, we lash out because we're safe and we feel safe. But the truth of the matter is that gets wearing and draining after a while. Don't forget to take the time. Don't forget to take the time to love your partner wholly and fully. Take year of me the year of radical self-love, self-care, that means when I connect with my child, I'm going to do so consciously. So when we're together, we're not. I'm not multitasking anymore. I'm kicking that must-multitask mind to the curb, and I want to revel in the joy of raising a competent, independent thinker. And in order to do that, that's the behavior I need to model. I need to model competence, independence, and creative thinking. I'm shrugging off unsolicited advice, by the way, and comparison. I'm the wife, the mother, and the woman that I am meant to be, and who I am is enough, fearlessly, completely enough, and I'm going to grow stronger and more fearless each and every day. Radical self-care isn't taking bubble baths exclusively. Bubble baths are great. I've got nothing against them, and I have quite the collection of shower gels and bubble baths, actually. But 
I worry that we see all the memes posted and we see wine in a bubble bath as a quick fix. Now, real grown-up self-love, self-care means you pick up the phone and you let your friends know you're okay. You just need some time to yourself. That's why you're not calling anyone back. Right? You just need a few days to yourself. You need to work out. You need to process things for yourself in your own time. But the people who love you worry and radical self-care is letting them know you just need some space so they're relieved, okay? It's facing your bills that are unpaid and stuffed in a box in the back of the drawer. That's what grown-up self-care looks like, my friends. You take the box out, you deal with it. You unpack your emotional baggage and you deal with it. Eat healthy. 85, 90% of the time, you're going to be ahead of the game. You're worth it. Your family's worth it. You're worth the time. You're worth the cost associated with proper, healthy meals. Hey, nutritious food, we all know it costs more. But I can tell you firsthand the alternative, the doctor's bill, they're going to cost you even more. So spend the money at the grocery store and cook a good dinner. And while you're there, pick up a luscious dessert because you deserve that too. And drink more water because your body deserves it, your body needs it, your body craves it, and you know something? Everyone will forgive you the potty break. Trust me. Exercise, we all know it's important. We've all heard it's important. I'm not going to belabor this point. But I got to say, once upon a time, back in 2011, I was a woman who could outlift every other chick in the gym, and I am on course to get my big lifts back. I used to squat twice my body weight, and I'm getting there. And while we're at it, I want you to splurge on the new running shoes, the seamless socks. You're worth the yoga class. You're worth the bar class. You're worth it. You're worth the time. You're worth the cost. Go for it. Go for it. You're worth growing into your professional role. I know I am. So during my office hours, I work. I work with my clients. I write my programs. I love it. I love every minute of it. I have um, a job I'm passionate and purposeful and empowered by. As I empower other people, it doesn't get better than that. Care about the people who care about you. Friendship is built on trust, loyalty, and it's a two-way street. So care about the folks who care about you. And I will say this, when you matter to someone, they return your phone call. When you matter to someone, they return your text. You get responses, not excuses. Pay attention to the people who respond. Ignore the people who give you excuses. It's just that simple. They're showing you what priority in their life you are. Make yourself a priority in your life. That's what me as my word for 2016 means to me. I hope you found something useful in that for yourself. I want to share, I have a an email coaching group that's starting up in February, okay? And it's going to be a great, great, great group of women, and I encourage you to join. We I send a daily email. There'll be a short little activity to kind of ground and center and focus your energy for the day. There'll be a meditation. Some days we'll have activities. Some days will be quiet contemplation. 
this series of steps will go for 29 days from February 1st to February 29th. And what they're designed to do is to be those blessed, amazing, divine little steps that propel you forward. The information on that, the specific information on that is on my website, jenniferbelber.com, or it's also on my Facebook page, Jennifer Belber Certified Life Coach. You can find me just by searching your Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Jen Belber. And you can always email me, Jennifer at JenniferBelver.com. I want to thank you for spending your snowy Friday night with me. Please be safe out there. Be well. We'll talk again soon.